We made a lot of predictions this offseason, and some of them were bound to go wrong. But if you had told me before the season started that Carolina would get out-rebounded in their opening night game against UNC Wilmington, I would have straight up laughed at you. What other surprises were there on opening night? Let's talk about it. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and joining me as he does every Wednesday is this guy right here, Coach Pack Kilby. And we want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget, we're free and available anywhere you get podcasts. So you can subscribe right now to make sure that you don't miss a second of your team every day. This episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this weekend's matchup between the Tar Heels and Wake Forest. Huge ACC game right on ESPN2 on Sling TV. It's the TV you love for the price you love. Try it today. All right, folks. So not only did the men start earlier this week, but today, Wednesday, is the women's team, the women's basketball team, first game of the season. Tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time versus Jackson State, ACC Network Extra, or better yet, go see them live in Carmichael. So what Pac and I are going to do today is exactly kind of what I talked about off the top. The classic fandom is to completely 100% overreact to everything that happens in one game, and in particular, the first game of the season. So what we're going to do is look at what things did we talk about this offseason that actually came true? What things did we talk about this offseason that did not come to fruition, for good or for bad? They were just different. And then after all of that, on a scale of 1 to 10, what are things that we're super concerned about 10 or like, I'm not worried about that at all at a 1? So that's what we're going to do today, starting with what preseason predictions actually came true. And so, Pac, I'd, I'd love to hear one where what you think about that. Yeah, well, you know, the, the first thing that I think we predicted that came true was that our defense is solid. Um, and to me, you know, that's a ba- that's a great baseline for us. If we're going to start somewhere, let's start there. Let's be good defensively. Um, defense travels. So what that means is, hey, shots aren't always falling. So <laughs> As they didn't. <laughs> as they did not <laughs> on Monday night. So um, it's, it's really imperative that we – that we bring our hard hats every day or every game because we're going to take team's best shot being the number one team in the country and being as hyped up as this team's been. Um, we have to be able to have defense in our back pocket. So for me, you know, that's a great baseline for us. We held UNC Wilmington to 29.3% from the field, which is awesome. That's very <laughs> exceptional. That's what we're looking for. Um, only four total threes, which – Look, we all know every time an opposing team comes to the Dean Dome, I swear it's like they have the game of their life. You know, just you get a three, you get a three, you get a three. We held them to four three-pointers made um, and only three total assists. So, for me, I'm I'm high on the defense, and I like that as a good baseline for our team. Man, that's great. Yeah, I, I'm right with you. The defense was great. Uh, one that I, I thought was really interesting was – the free throw shooting last season, Carolina as a team shot the second best free throw percentage in program history 
Pat Kilby. And so I said, you know, most of those guys are coming back, believe it or not. I know we've talked about this, so people might remember it. But Leakey actually led the team in free throw percentage. And then he and RJ and Caleb were all in the 80s. Pete Nance comes in as a strong free throw shooter. The big question mark is Armando Baycott. So the Tar Heels go 23 for 30 as a team last night, 76.7%. That would have been better uh, by like three-tenths of a percentage point than last season's um, shooting. Now, the first half was phenomenal. As a team, the Tar Heels were 12 for 14, just two missed free throws. But then it was in the second half where it fell apart a little bit. And frankly, the culprit in, in that game on Monday night was Armando Baycott. Of the seven missed free throws, he missed five of them. But all that said, again, you're, you're right in line with what last year's team was shooting, like three-tenths of a percentage point higher once again. And so we we said it, uh, I said it yesterday on Tuesday's show, um, that I, I feel good about what the Tar Heels are doing at the line. You love having a backcourt you can believe in because they're going to be there a lot. Just need Armando Baycott to to at least like could he be at seventy percent? Do you think that would be a good enough number to feel good about that pack? Absolutely, yeah. We need him to be at seventy percent because, I mean, the the role he plays, he's going to shoot more free throws than anybody else. So uh, we need him to be capitalizing on those. Yeah, and curiously enough, of the other two missed free throws, one of them was actually Caleb Love. He was four for five, and the other was Seth Trimble. Um, but, like, RJ was perfect from the line. Leakey was perfect from the line. Pete Nance was perfect from the line. And so, man, really, really encouraged by what the team did. And then, as we've said, just Armando needs to – and I think he's going to have some of those games – where he'll be really strong, really solid from the line, and then he'll have some other games like that game on Monday night where where he misses five, um, and so that, that's going to be what it's going to be, for sure. Well, uh, Pack, anything else that we made predictions on coming into the season? Maybe maybe one more that we can look at that we thought just went right in line with what we had talked about. Yeah, one thing we talked about was just having a veteran team. Uh, we knew, you know, we know what we have in Caleb. We know what we have in RJ, Armando, Leakey. Those are our four returning starters. And I thought we got – it wasn't perfect by any means, so don't don't mishear what I'm saying. <laughs> but we got consistent scoring from them. You know, those four combined for 57 of our 69 total points. So uh, they did maybe not as good as we expected, but they did what they needed to. And uh, to me, that stands out. Um, and then not only did Leakey contribute, I think, seven points offensively, I thought he had an, an outstanding night defensively, yeah. um, especially, I mean, do not underrate UNC Wilmington. I thought they were athletic. I thought they were well coached. I thought they were sharp. And Leakey did his thing defensively. So credit to those guys. Yeah. And and hopefully Leakey, uh, those watching the game saw that Leakey had that block shot, came down and rolled his ankle, stepping on uh, the UNC Wilmington's player's foot, and so came back in the game. Almost was able to stay in even then, but uh, just Nixon, those Nixon cuts are going to happen all throughout the season, and uh, hopefully he will be okay. Um, something that was interesting to me, you talked there about the four uh, returning players. You notice who it was pack the one calling everyone together for huddles prior to free throws it was pete nance um and we i think we we didn't write this down as something to talk about in this section but we have heard him talk about we've heard his teammates talk about his his leadership capabilities and he already is showing that on night one he's the one that's bringing everybody together and so i was really encouraged to see 
that. Well, next we want to get into things that we saw that we did not expect to see based on preseason projections. We're going to talk about all of that in just a second, right after I tell you about Simply Safe. And today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries, package thefts, they spike all over the country? And that's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this upcoming holiday season. So order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Now, here's why I love Simply Safe. It was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report. It's the third year in a row for that. You love the consistency of them being in that running. For me, that's because of the ability to monitor everything from my phone. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture a critical evidence and verify that a threat is real so you can get priority police response when it's needed. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off with any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/slash locked on college today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait a second. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college because there's no safe like simply safe. All right, Pac. So, you know, we started by patting ourselves on the back. Here's what we did really well. Now we got to take some L's. What are the things where we just missed it in the offseason, at, at least in terms of how it played out in game one? Shockingly enough, um, minutes played for RJ and Caleb. You know, we we really talked about a lot, and I think most of you know, the fan base uh, kind of projected Caleb and, and RJ to have less minutes, um, and, and that'd be a good thing because they don't need to play as much as they played last year. They need to rest a little bit. Um, but RJ played 37 minutes and Caleb played 34. So to me, I take that as an L. Uh, you know, because for one, we didn't we didn't take care of business early enough to get them out. That's right. And, That's you know, right. Coach Davis for him to feel comfortable playing some other guards. Uh, but also, you know, we, we don't want that to become a consistent thing. Don't get me wrong. I trust them and I love having them on the floor. But longevity, this is longevity. a long season and they need to get rest, you know, on nights when we can afford to give them rest. And I thought this was one of those nights where that could happen. Um, and it didn't happen. But I also, you know, to the flip side, not only do they need rest, Trimble and Dunn need experience. Yep. So it, it's a give take and we didn't get that done. Well, and here's what's interesting to me about it. I'm looking back at, you mentioned Trimble and Dunn. I'm looking back at their minutes right now. They play, Seth Trimble played 15, DeMarco played 14. And so it almost feels like that. I mean, if you would ask me, I probably would have said, uh, you know, like 15 to 20 for Trimble and maybe 10 to 15 for Dunn, which Dunn's minutes. I mean, that's that's one we definitely missed the mark on going yeah. back to his preview show that we did. But um, it, I think almost Armando's foul trouble played a role in that because we saw that three and it sometimes four guard lineup where Love, Davis, and Trimble and Dunn are all in together at the same time, which was a lineup I loved, by the way. Can't wait to see that more. Mm -hmm. um, and so we we got to figure. I mean, as for the other three starters. 
Armando played 28. A lot of that is foul trouble. I think he would have been up in the 30s. Leaky played 29. Pete played 34. And so the question is, what happens beyond that? Because beyond the starters, Tremble and Dunn, Tyler Nickel played six. Dontrez Styles played three. And so, yeah, that, that is an L and hopefully something that was just a one-off issue. One thing to consider there, you know, and, and maybe keep your eye on moving forward, um, if Puff is healthy, do Trimble and Dunn have as many minutes as they have, you know, because I don't know that we get that guard-heavy lineup with with a healthy Puff Johnson. Yeah, yeah. we may. At least as much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, interesting. Well, okay, the next thing that we just – I I said this in the cold open – Carolina was out rebounded by the UNC Wilmington Seahawks 37 to 32. And oh boy, howdy, I did not see that coming from a million miles away. The Tar Heels, if if my memory is correct, were out rebounded only three times all of last year. And it was in big losses. Like it was like Kentucky, I think the first Duke game in one of the other non-conference losses. I want to say it was probably Purdue or Tennessee. Um, but legitimately, it was only those three times. And you you saw it as this game unfolded. It's like the way Carolina is behind and the way things are going with this rebounding, they're not going to be able to catch up and get back ahead of UNC Wilmington on the glass. Um, and quite frankly, that's got to change. Yeah, to me, it's inexcusable. You know, it's it's rebounding is, while yes, you know, size and athleticism plays a part in it, a lot of it's just toughness and heart and effort and, you know, putting a body on somebody and making sure, hey, I might not get the rebound, but he's definitely not going yes. to. Yes, yeah. at least I, box out to, to let a teammate get it. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah, and, man, I just didn't feel like we did a very good job of that. Um, I would expect that Friday night against the College of Charleston is a much better rebounding <laughs> night because I think Coach Davis is going to really drive that point home. Uh, Carolina should never lose a rebounding battle, let alone no. to a team that is inferior to us as far as size and athleticism goes. So um, that just means we got outworked, and and that's got to change. Absolutely, it does. Well, Pac, what else? Any, any other things we noticed uh, that, that were just not what we hoped or expected, either good or bad? Yeah, to me, just the lack of, of Nance being featured on offense – um, shocked me, uh, hmm. slightly concerned me, to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, maybe going into it, I thought, hey, Carolina's going to maybe force feed him a little bit, just try to get him comfortable and try to get him going early. Uh, he only took three shots in the whole game, 0 for 1 from the three-point line, which I know has been a concern from a lot of people after the exhibition. Yep. Um, we don't know, you know, with no, none of our questions were answered because he didn't take a, a high enough clip of threes for us to, to have an answer. Mm. Um, so to me, it's just something, keep your eye on it. You know, is, yeah. is he going to become more prominent? And, you know, you mentioned earlier, he had great leadership in the huddle. Um, he, he was a great communicator on the court. Yep. And that stands out to me because I didn't think he played particularly well. Um, but he, he was still level-headed and he still was a leader. And that kind of tells me that it's going to work out. It's going to be all right. He's going to find a way to fit in over time. The team's going to start to gel, and we'll see him succeed more. Um, but to me, it stood out as a concern early on. Pat, I'm, I'm curious to ask you, like as a coach, how do you handle someone 
like Pete Nance coming in. There's this core four returning from the national runner-up team. And, and I know Pete Nance, this is now his fifth year in college. He's been around basketball his whole life. His dad was in the NBA. His brother's currently in the NBA. Like, even still, can nerves still play a role in him having a, a, a performance like this in his first game? Like, playing in the Dean Smith Center and the pressure that that goes under, the pressure that this team is under this year, that's a little slightly bit different than playing for Northwestern. Yes, that's there's no question about it. I, you know, nerves for anybody that cares, nerves is going to be a factor. Hmm. Uh, and you know, a lot of times when that ball tips off as a player, those nerves kind of go away. Hmm. Um, but also for some people, they don't, and it, it takes just it's a matter of time before they get comfortable. Um, and it's a matter of preparing so well and working so hard that you can't help but feel comfortable. And he seems like such a hard worker to me and such a, like a guy that, that's going to prepare and put himself in the best position to succeed. And obviously we know the coaching staff will too. So I think that those things will work themselves out over time. The more he plays against opponents with, with the core four and, you know, this, this same principle goes for the, the young guys we have coming off the bench, the more they play, the more comfortable they get, the more they'll gel, the more chemistry you'll see. And those things will work themselves out. That's just, to me, it's just a matter of time before that happens. Yeah. Okay, good. I love it. Well, let me share just in passing before we move along, a couple other things that we did that happened that we would never have expected. Uh, The first one for me, I don't know why I'm the most uh, disappointed about this one, but it's the one that I've been hoping would happen the most this season is that Armando Baycott did not get a double-double in this game on Monday night, felt literally one rebound shy. And so uh, Armando finishes with 16 points and nine rebounds. You got to think if there wasn't that foul trouble, he picks up that 10th one and starts his season off with a double-double. But if he wants to break that record shared by David Robinson, oh, and himself for the NCAA single season double-double record, he can't be doing that very often. So it'll be interesting to see, again, like you said, what happens against Charleston on Friday night. Next thing, only four assists for this team. That is mind-blowing to me for a team that shared the ball so well in the NCAA tournament last year that has some great distributors, not just in Love and Davis, but in Pete Nance, who is the one that led the team with two of those four assists and uh, with Trimble and everything he can do. And so I I expect better days are ahead there, but still, what? Concerning. Um, And by the way, they only had nine turnovers. So that is encouraging for a team that plays at Carolina speed. It but could have been lower than that. Sorry, not to cut you off. There, yep. Yes, that's the thing. Even though there were a few, some of the ones that there were were sloppy. I'm right with you, Pac. And then the last thing, uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, man, Carolina only hit two threes, one by RJ, one by Caleb. But what's even more crazy to me is that Carolina only attempted 10 threes. The fewest they attempted all of last season was 13 threes. This is perhaps the most shocking number to me for a Hubert Davis coached team. Crazy stuff there. Well, before we finish up today, Pac and I want to play the old classic game of, all right, here's a stat or here's a fact. How concerned are we scale of one to 10? I can't wait to talk about that. But first, today's episode is brought to you by 
Built Bar. Honestly, folks, I'm the most excited I have ever been about one of Built Bar's flavors because this one is white chocolate peppermint granola. And I, I'm a big fan of white chocolate. My wife, not so much, but me, love it. Peppermint, same thing. Give me some mint chocolate chip ice cream and this dude is in heaven. Uh, same with my wife. She doesn't like peppermint either. So this is not the bar for her. But for Isaac Shade, give me that white chocolate peppermint granola and I'm all in on it. This is Bilt's take on granola bars, so it's more filling and still ridiculously tasty. Or what about the candy cane brownie puff? Oh my goodness, that sounds awesome too. Bilt puffs are like biting into a white fluffy cloud that tastes fantastic. If you haven't tried Bilt bars before, they're the best tasting protein bars on the market. So do it today. Built is revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories. Just sink your teeth into that first bite and it'll change your life. Not even joking. You'll look back and try to remember what life was like before Built was a thing. And you don't have to decide on just one of these flavors. Why not purchase one of Built's mixed boxes if you would prefer to do that? Built. You got to try this. So get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. Again, that's LOCKEDON15 at built.com to save 15% off your next order. Okay, Pack, I love this. I'm very excited about this. So we've got about four things that we want to look at and say, how how uh, how high are our eyebrows raised with concern about these various things? And so I think the thing we got to start with is rebounding. This is an affront to Carolina basketball to be out-rebounded by anybody, but especially UNC Wilmington. Scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you? For me, I'm going to go ahead and stick this out of 3. Okay. Um, I'm not overly concerned about it. Uh, to me, I have a lot of faith and trust in our players and also in our coaching staff. I think that will change. Time will tell, though. You know, this could if, – if Friday's a bad performance, this could bump to a five or a six, you know. So, I'm right now I'm sticking at a three um, and, and call it good there. What about you? I, I'm one right below you at a two, but my sentiments are, ex are essentially the same as what you said. I'm not concerned about it. These these games happen sometimes uh, against a pesky defense. Your leading your leading rebounder, the leading who's by the end of the season, the guy that's going to be the leading all time rebounder in Carolina history is sitting out most of the second half with four fouls. I just think I'm not concerned. But as you said, and I think I said this on yesterday's show, talk to me again after Friday, and then we'll have a little bit better of an idea. Because if if this happens in a couple back to back. Then we got some concern and eyebrows raised. Absolutely. All right. Another concern is the question of the health of some of the Tar Heel players. Uh, we saw everyone we expected we probably would see last night. I, I, Well, I take that back. I expected a blowout, so we would have seen like the bench emptied. But in terms of like the regular rotation, pretty much everybody but Justin McCoy. I was surprised he didn't get in. Might be still a little under the weather. Not really sure. But the two that we need to talk about are Puff Johnson and Jalen Washington. Where are you at on these two guys? You can take them together or you can take them individually. Yeah, I'll take Puff individually first, and I'll start with him. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and stick him at a three also. 
Um, I think this is more uh, Hubert trusts his team, get mm. some of these young guys some minutes early, and let's just not risk bringing Puff back and, and dinging him up and prolonging an injury that's almost put to bed. You know, yeah. that's kind of my thought. Uh, with Jalen, you know, I'm more of a, a six or a seven. Um, and I say that just because they're being cautious with him. I know he's recovered. I know. Um, but he's done it twice, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like the risk of re-injury is just a little higher. Yeah. That concerns me. So I'm glad we're taking our time with him. Yeah. Obviously, we hope that that doesn't happen again because he seems like a fine young man and he's yeah. going to be a great player for us. Yeah. I'm actually flipped on those. I'm more concerned about Puff. I've got – I put Puff at an eight. Um, s- similar to what you said about Jalen, like – Puff has this injury history where he basically missed half of his freshman year, basically missed half of last year, and then starts this year on the schneid a little bit. And so it's like, oh, man, I, I just it, – it concerns me a lot that at, at this point he can't have a fully healthy season. Um, and, and if he can't do that, is he ever going to be able to fully be who he can be as a basketball player? And at some point it's just like – It's just not there. With Jalen, I totally hear what you're saying. I put him at a four. So it's not that I'm unconcerned. Um, I would say maybe a little less concerned than than you said, Pac. But um, I'm curious to see how how long it takes him to get into full game shape. Because I think what people tend to forget is it's like, it's not like he's cleared and he's automatically on the court playing 20 minutes a night. Like it takes a long time especially for a freshman, especially at the division one level to get ready to go. But I think he's going to be able to, and based on the caliber basketball player that he is, I I feel comfortable putting him out of four. You know, one thing about Puff that the only reason I'm maybe not quite as concerned uh, is just because, you know, coach Davis in his post-game presser after Johnson C. Smith, he said all players were on track to play. And, you know, I haven't heard anything that, you know, Puff re-aggravated. So I thought, well, maybe they're just being cautious. So I'm choosing I'm choosing positivity here. Hey, thank you. <laughs> thank you for being our uh, our uh, glass half full on that one. I appreciate it so much. Now, uh, Pac, I'm really curious to get to you with this one, because earlier you talked about some uh, some level of concern over Pete Nance. What is your uh, level of concern with him, 1 to 10, based on night one and what we've seen even in the exhibition game? Yeah, I'm going to go with a five right now. I'm dead in the middle on this. Uh, <laughs> it's it's one of those things. It's it's We need to keep our eye on it, okay? Uh, we know what we're going to get from Leakey. We're going to get solid defense um, and probably somewhere between five to ten points a game. We've got our big three, you know, Caleb, RJ, and Mondo. Uh, we know what we can expect from them. But part of what made last year so good and so successful was Brady was a flat scorer. And I'm not saying that I expect Nance to be Brady. Please don't hear that. But what I do expect is for him to be a contributor offensively. And we need to see that. Yep. Uh, I know what he did against Johnson C. Smith. We need to see it against some of these more premier opponents. And so – um, a lot like rebounding, this could go from five to seven, or it could go from five to two. You know, uh, yeah. time will tell. But I am, I am slightly concerned about it. Yeah. What do you think? 
Yep, I, I'm like just a little bit south of you. I'm I'm going four. Um, I I just need to see a bigger sample size with it. But but there is the uh, he's not going to be the score Brady was, and so that makes I don't think it means uh, Mondo, Caleb, and RJ have to take more of that on, but it means other people do. We need more bench depth. And that is an area where I still continue to be a little concerned. Very quickly, Pack, let's finish up just like one sentence on it. Overall offensive efficiency. We felt better about the defense last night. Where are you at on overall offensive efficiency? I'm at a four. You know, UNC Wilmington had seven months to prepare for this game. They gave us the best shot. Yep, absolutely. I I said short-term five, long-term one. This is a team, it always just takes some time to gel. They're going to get there. They're going to do it just like they did last year. Boy, Pack, that is fun to chat about all this. Game two coming up Friday night, College of Charleston. We'll see what changes there are in that game. But as for today, that's it for this episode. Coming up tomorrow, prep for that Wake Forest game we talked about earlier with Anthony Pagnotta. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Heels. You can follow Pack at Coach K, Coach underscore K23. And you can follow me at Isaac Shade. Thanks for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Sports today. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Oh, and don't forget to check out the brand new Locked On College Basketball Podcast with yours truly. Also, don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and leave some comments on your thoughts on what Pack and I talked about on this show. We really appreciate you hanging out with us on a Wednesday, getting ready for another big weekend of Carolina basketball and football. Enjoy cheering on the ladies basketball team tonight, and remember that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace.